Welcome back everyone to the UW Film Club podcast where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between. Uh, this week, that happens to be a, a good movie. Yeah, uh, a great yeah. movie. One of the best movies. Probably the best movie That's of all time. That's a real bold claim there, man. Uh, it's not... You know, no, it's not really that bold. I don't think it's yeah. it's widely I mean, recognized it's, as one of the best yeah, films of all time. It's, it's yeah. pretty it's, good. Come on, I, yeah, one this, of the best. But going out so no, far no, to it's, say yeah, it's no, the best some, is yeah, there is a camp. There is a camp of people who there believe it's the best. A valid point for that. But before we dive into the conversation, let's introduce ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Craig Arrieta. I'm Louis Gollum. I'm occasional host Sierra Stella. And, and joining us this week is, is uh, Ryan Cercelli. And this week, Ryan has brought Pulp Fiction to the table. Yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, wait, we're all over the place now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, freshman, coming into UW. Really started getting into liking movies past year. It's been, it's been really good. Been found some really good stuff that's just never heard of before. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's always uh, a pleasure. Goes. Yeah. yeah. You're in college. It to- what you pick is totally different than I picked in high school. Everything, my taste changed completely from when I was in high school. Uh, I still have, you know, Pulp Fiction and Drive from high school. Yeah, yeah. Mine's that's going to that's that's stay. That's going to stay for Mine's the good. same as my whole life, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be like a big 500 of Summer fan, a big, big 50-50 fan, and then you watch him. just a hoe for JGL. He <laughs> was. He was a great, you know, great actor. JGL is great. Yes. Mindset. Yeah. Uh, Premium Rush. Isn't that an amazing movie with Michael Shannon? Bicycles. I couldn't tell you. Uh, you gotta Inception. watch that. Inception's good too. Anyways, uh, back Don to John. Pulp Fiction. It is, again, <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time. No, not one of. It is my favorite movie of all time, tied with Drive. Uh, how about you, Ryan? It's probably one of my favorites. It's one that I can like sit down and watch like five times in a week and still not be tired of it. Yeah, it's yeah. very easy to watch, at least for us. Uh, but I would like to hear the opinions of two people who've never watched this movie Well, before. okay, I've seen, to be fair, I have seen the first half of this movie twice before watching it. Yeah. Um, Same. <laughs> not twice, but once. And that wasn't just my experience. I watched it with a bunch of my friends, and a couple of them had the exact same experience. Like, huh. they had watched it up to sort of about after the overdose bit. No, no yeah. way. That's the same spot I stopped at. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, man. I know. And that's about where I've watched it both times I've seen it before. But uh, I finally finished it. Uh, it sure gets buck wild in the second half of that movie. <laughs> like, it took some turns that I completely was not expecting. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, but I also uh, think that Quentin Tarantino is gross as a person, yeah, and that sure. this movie is a lot of him just telling us what his fetishes are, which I'm not a fan of. Um, but you know, it was a well-crafted movie. I think it was really funny as well, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. What I found so remarkable is you were watching this film and you're like, oh my god, everyone's stealing from Quentin Tarantino. This movie <laughs> is just so... it is uh, prop. Probably one of the most influential movies because you see down the line everyone just like yeah, trying to replicate Tarantino dialogue, trying easily. to replicate Tarantino set pieces, and uh, you see that sometimes fail or succeed, um, more or less. But it is a very uh, quotable movie. 
there are quotes in here that I was like, oh, that's where it's from. That's where that that's from. Like the Zed's dead yeah, quote. Yeah. Never knew where that was from until this until today or yesterday. Um, it is probably one of the most, like I said before, it is one of the most influential films for a multitude of reasons. But I think its presence in the '90s and the rise of independent films this really helped usher that in. Um, yeah, this and, and Reservoir Dogs. But how do you really feel about it, Greg? Did you enjoy watching it? I did. Up until about like two hours in. And that wasn't, that wasn't like a, a, a non-enjoyable part anymore. It was just about two hours in. I'm like, I've had tons of quotes thrown at me. I'm going to go take a break. <laughs> and I did. And we finished it the last half hour. Yeah. That's, uh, that's just like a tired thing. Sometimes that happens with... It's a long movie, movies. to be fair. Yeah. We took a break in the middle to go get ice cream. Oh, yeah. To, to, be, to, to go off Sierra's point from earlier, uh, I'd seen this on Netflix. This film has been on Netflix for literally years. Okay? And it's not anymore. And yeah, I went to go watch off. it, and it's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a film I'm like, put it in my queue, it will always be there. Not there anymore. I had to go buy it on iTunes. Hmm. So, that's my story. Oh, wait. I actually, I remembered something from when I was watching it last night. So, we went to go watch it on my friend's um, Xfinity account on yeah. um, uh, some, like, website associated with some film festival. I forget what it was. But, um, Sundance? we were, yeah, it was Sundance. We were watching the Sundance version. Sundance select? I don't know. It's not my account. But we were watching the Sundance version, and there were these weird moments where, like, sometimes the dialogue would just be silent when there should be an F word. Or, like... Um, they cut out. They cut out yeah. an entire scene, like the hallway scene, before they go into the door. Oh man! And we realized that we were watching a censored version of Pulp So uh, we had to stop. We rented it on YouTube, but it was buck wild. It was like half an hour shorter than the actual movie. No, because yeah. there's so much of that movie you have to cut out to make it like acceptable. Yeah, no, that, that reminds me of like uh, I watched uh, The Wolf of Wall Street yeah, in Dubai. Yeah, me too. Uh, or not in Dubai, but like the censored version. Censored it's not, version. It's, not it's like 40 minutes cut off. 40 minutes out of a three-hour movie just cut. And like all of the, uh, you know, all the swear words were, the cuss words were, yeah. were there, you know, black. The scene where Jules is uh, talking to the to Brett, and he's calling him a, a motherfucker, and he's saying that he fucked, or Marcellus Wallace. Yeah, Marcellus um, Wallace doesn't like to be fucked. Yeah, so they ADR'd over the Marcellus Wallace doesn't like to be fucked except for by his life bit with the word screwed. <laughs> and then also he called him a mother sucker every oh, time, man. which was incredible actually. <laughs> it's a better version of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see that, just you know, the Ezekiel 2517 scene censored just to see the mother sucker because is it like is it like dubbed over or is it yeah it's dubbed over oh sad and i think they i like it sounds a lot like him so it's either samuel l jackson doing the dubbing or it's someone who sounds a lot like samuel l jackson doing the dubbing do you guys hear about the uh once upon a time in hollywood oh once upon a time yeah once upon a Deadpool or something? It's yeah. a recut of Deadpool 2, but it's PG-13, so every so you, more kids can see it. Yeah, it's PG-13, but also they're like recutting it with Fred Savage. Yeah. And to recreate Princess Bride. Yeah, which yeah. I imagine will actually be very funny. Yeah. You talking about your censored version of, of Pulp Fiction remind me of how they're going to recut Deadpool 2. I, here's the thing, and I know this is not about Pulp Fiction, so I'll keep it brief. I totally am into that. I think it's great because, uh, and I wouldn't if it wasn't like helmed by Ryan Reynolds. Like Ryan Reynolds is like down with this. He's yeah. involved in it. He's uh, excited about it. And I trust it, him. Yeah. Isn't it because of like 
you know, all the revenue from that film, or a lot of the revenue from that film, was going to charity. Yes. Uh, oh, Fudge I cancer. Mean, half of it or something like that. Thousand dollars that they could sold. Huh. Well, whatever the case is, yeah, he would only do it on the condition that uh, part of the money went to charity and that he got to kidnap Fred Savage and make him be the Princess Bride, bride little boy over again. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I'm down. Yeah, Good no, job, yeah. Ryan. I'm down too. Um, this movie had a stacked cast of a lot of people whose careers were actually going uh, to shit before the Pulp Fiction came really? out. Yeah, like John Travolta well, and, yeah. and Bruce Willis. John, yeah. Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis was, yeah, had the series of, like, box office disasters. Uh, pre- or yeah. post-12 Monkeys? Uh, I don't actually know, but I don't think 12 Monkeys made a lot of money. Yeah, but it's not even a good movie. Though. It is amazing. It's an amazing yeah. movie. It's But fantastic. it's post-his diehard fame. Yeah, it is post-his diehard fame. Uh, and uh, the Marvin. And it's thing. pre- it's uh, 12 Monkeys is oh. after yeah. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So, uh, originally they were going to cast a lot of other people uh, as a lot of other characters. Uh, for example, uh, instead of Emma Thurman for uh, Mia Wallace, it was going to either be Meg Ryan. Yeah, it was... I mean, <laughs> Meg I love Ryan. Meg Ryan, but she could not have played that part. <laughs> she could not me? have played that part. No, it's a, no all of the, it's a perfect cast. Right? Yeah. Like, they're, they're perfect for the roles, but it's, it's really fun to see who could have been a thing. In fact, there was like a time where um, Tarantino wanted the two main guys, like you know Jules and uh, and Vincent, to be British people. He was gonna cast uh, Tim Roth as uh, one of them and Gary Oldman as the other. <laughs> so. I think he made the right call. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't he cast these bigger name actors? Um, because wait, who? Gary Oldman? Well, no. Why didn't Tarantino cast these I mean, actors for the parts? Did they not want them? Yeah, no. So, like, a lot of them, uh, some of them were just, you know, changes in uh, story choices. Yeah. That, but some of them were, like, not available at the time. For example, uh, John Travolta was supposed to be played by uh, Michael Madsen, who played Vic Vega in uh, Reservoir Dogs. But yeah. unfortunately... He uh, had to, not unfortunately, actually fortunately, because John Travolta is great in this. Uh, he had to go to another, he was working in another movie. But uh, in addition to that, Harvey Weinstein, a really bad person, uh, pushed for Daniel Day-Lewis to be... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. That would have been a different take on yeah, but any character in this movie. That yeah. would have been, yeah, yeah for been sure. Brilliant. He would have probably been but, brilliant, but it would have been different. It, yeah. it wouldn't have been... Tarantino, I don't yeah. think, because I don't think Daniel Day-Lewis is a Tarantino actor. Uh, there was uh, Samuel Jackson originally wasn't supposed to be Jules Winfield. It was supposed to be Paul Calderon, who is the uh, the bartender at uh, Marcellus Wallace. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's still in the movie, but he was supposed to be Jules. Yeah, uh, and it was supposed to be either Holly Hunter, Meg Ryan, or Meg Tilly. Holly Hunter would have been a fun take on that character. Yeah, it would have been, been fun. Really cool. I wouldn't I have love minded. Holly Hunter, man. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded uh, Holly Hunter. Tim Roth, you know, his character was uh, originally going to be played by either uh, Johnny Depp or Christian Slater. Hey, I don't know who Tim Roth is. Who does he play? Tim Roth, uh, he's, he's like the uh, pumpkin. The, the guy at the, the guy who stands up the 
who is trying oh, okay, to rob the okay. Christian Slater diamond. Slater is in there at this point in time. <laughs> I probably would have just hated the movie because the opening, the opening scene is Tim Roth. Yeah. You know, I had Christian Slater's. Like, Do you not like Christian Slater? I hate young Christian Slater. Oh, young Christian Slater. Okay. I hate him in Interview with the Vampire, and I hate him in Heather's. Like Heather's is the most easily despisable role I've ever seen because it is a combination of pretentiousness and edgy that I just cannot take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I never really liked Heathers, actually, but, uh, you know, he redeems himself in Mr. Robot, which you, you yeah. should definitely check out. Yeah, because it's like 30 years later. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, no, it was... 20, not 30. It's pretty fun. Uh, oh, one last thing. Courtney Love mm-hmm. uh, thought, you know, claims that Kurt Cobain was originally offered the role of the drug dealer. I mean, that the look he has is very Cobain-y to yeah. be fair. Yeah, but uh, Tarantino denies that he's ever met uh, Cobain and insists he never offered him a role. Other than that, there's another fun fact. Uh, one of the writers for, uh, the writer for the whole Gold Watch uh, segment, yeah. Roger Avery, uh, there were discrete writers for scenes in the movie. Uh, no, so it was two. It was two people: it was Roger Avery and Quentin Tarantino, who was who were writing the film. Okay. Roger Avery's part was mainly uh, the gold watch. Uh, That's all narrative. Tarantino let him do. That's what Tarantino let him do. No, but they did like they collaborated on the last uh, part, the one where uh, you know they accidentally shoot the kid yeah. in the car. He never went on to do anything good. Really? <laughs> he, he did Beowulf, and then he also got arrested for manslaughter. So, Rough. very sad yeah. <laughs> that what happened to him. He sort of broke his own fate there, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he started with Tarantino, True Romance, and then and this. And, and Reservoir Dogs. He actually wrote the radio dialogue for Reservoir Dogs. You keep referencing Reservoir Dogs. I know, I know. But you haven't, haven't seen Reservoir Dogs. It's really good. It's... When I, when I first watched Pulp Fiction, and then I watched Reservoir Dogs shortly after, I thought Reservoir Dogs was better, honestly, and then watched Pulp Fiction like two or three more times, and it's, it's obviously Pulp a ton better. But, you know, it's, a, it's great to see how Tarantino started. Uh, he didn't go to film school, or did he drop out of film school? I'm not sure. It's one or the other. I don't think Tarantino, he did. Tarantino, I don't think he yeah. ever went to film school. Yeah. He, used to be, um, he used to be like a video store clerk, and he went to watch a bunch of movies there. And then uh, he would like sleep on people's couches while he was writing the script for something, one of his first films. And then he got a break at Sundance. This story could be completely missing a lot of details. Yeah, but, it's uh, fine. We're, yeah, not, ever we're not the most accurate podcast out there. Uh, but yeah, no, this another achievement, I think, for the film is that it made so much money from... A small budget, yeah, eight million dollars. Oh shit! It cost yeah. to make no, it cost to make eight million. Oh, eight million is not much. I was thinking eight billion. No, no, that, that would be way be, too much. It'd be yeah. way too Listen, much. Listen, I was eight. up to like three a.m. yesterday. <laughs> I'm not prepared. Yeah, no. So eight million, and then it made uh, two hundred fifty million. That's a pretty good return on investment. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, it's a great return on investment, actually. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, I wanted... And it launched, I mean, it launched Tarantino's career. I know he'd made Reservoir Dogs before, but... Yeah, but this one yeah. completely, yeah. like, basically gave him so much to work with. You know, he could, he basically gave us Jackie Brown after that, which is why, but... Anyways, uh, favorite scenes from...
from the movie because there are a lot of memorable ones oh, yeah. and I want to know what y'all think. I really love the the scene at the end when they when they accidentally shoot Marvin <laughs> and the, the just the whole scene when they're cl trying to clean it up and when they're at uh, Jimmy's house with the character that Tarantino plays is awesome. Uh, see, I hated that scene. Oh, like, mostly because Tarantino's a bad actor and he gave himself too many lines and he also <laughs> let himself say the n-word like a billion times in yeah, scene. He does that. Yeah, he, he, he does, does that quite a, a bit. Quite a bit. Um, but, I yeah. really loved the, the end scene. Yeah? Uh, especially the, the bit. It's a long scene. But yeah, like yeah. The, the bit in particular where they're doing like the standoff with all of the, the three guns <laughs> and uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Jules is trying to manage the situation. It's really quite good, and I, it ends on kind of like a lighthearted, like funny note, even though you know that it's gonna go wrong for at least Vince Vega. Yeah, for Vincent. I also, uh, I love the scene when they, when it's like one of the first couple scenes when uh, when Vincent and Jules both walk into the the apartment and they catch him at breakfast. Oh yeah, that, that whole exchange with yeah. Samuel Jackson is awesome. I love that. It's great. It's great. Uh, it makes me want to have a. <laughs> makes me want to makes me believe no hope that Big Kahuna Burgers becomes a thing because it's not actually there are Hawaiian style burger places though. no yeah. I know I know but not Big Kahuna <laughs> Big Kahuna it's like they're not actually even though it's a Hawaiian joint the burger itself was sorry I love burgers uh, I have a top I 10 list do of too burgers. but I'm not that committed uh, to it yeah. it's a smash burger which is uh a very nice way of making burgers. You put meat on high heat, smash it down. Very quick, very fast, very juicy. Really good. So it's like in and out burgers basically. But oh, yeah. but I wanna I want you know, I wish it was real. <laughs> I really wish Big Kahuna was real. Cause just trying out foods from, you know, uh, from films that don't exist, that sounds like something great to me. Either way, in anyways, Greg. Your favorite scene? I think at, at this point it's almost impossible to not like the the burger scene. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's the most quotable scene of almost any movie, Probably. Along this oh, yeah. movie itself. Yeah. Um, that scene is my favorite, and I'm trying to I have to scrub through, but I think the diner scene with Uma Thurman and the dialogue with yeah yeah, yeah it's pretty good. With, it's really uh, quite good. I honestly, I love the scene where they're dancing, which is such a cliche thing to like, but <laughs> the actors have such an interesting, like, an intense chemistry in that scene, where they're, like, completely locking eyes the entire time, and they're, like, dancing very badly in front of a crowd full of people, and you totally, like, buy the moment they're having. Did you get recognize Steve Buscemi? Yeah. I didn't! Yeah. We yeah. saw his name in the press, and we have to go back. I saw, uh, I was like... That's Buddy Holly, but that's, that's Steve Buscemi right there. <laughs> Steve. Good old Steve. Yeah. Good old Steve. Funny Christopher Walken is in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. That, yeah. that whole that's, monologue. That's a funny one. Awesome. That's a great scene. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was great. Uh, anyways, Bruce Willis's character. Let's talk about the gold watch. Uh, that was a interesting... It's, you know, it's, it's part of the story that takes place after the main mm -hmm. part of the story. Yeah. Like by a little bit, and uh, again, it's very interesting to see how uh, Bruce Willis before this was, you know, almost going to not be a movie star anymore. He was going to be like one of those forgotten forgotten stars of the '90s, 
like, uh, I don't know. The 1980s. Caldwell Culkin or whatever. Culkin. Yeah. Uh, what is, what is, what is he in right now? He's a nice dude right now, but he's no longer in anything ever. Uh, Harry Joel Osment is another one. That was the guy from, from, from yeah. Sixth Sense. What? Sixth Sense was in the 90s. Yeah. Sixth Sense was like 99. Sure. So it. It's fine. Same thing. Either way, uh, it's a great, great scene, and uh, it's just purely based on luck that uh, Butch survives because of, you know, Vincent taking a shit. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The scene is before he dies. Well, there's like the whole thing where every time Vincent's in the bathroom, something bad happens. Yeah. You know, the, the Mia overdoses, the, the restaurant that they're in starts getting robbed, he gets shot. Yep. Vince is very uh, explicit about what he's going to do in the bathroom. He tells <laughs> the group of people he's yeah. with exactly what he's going to yeah. do. Yeah. Except we, he didn't tell anyone for the gold watch because because there's no one to tell there's no one to tell unfortunately yeah uh, Jules left him at the time sad they broke up uh, anyone have anything to add for that um I really like his whole relationship with his girlfriend it's lovely yeah it's pretty pretty wholesome yeah but except for the bit where he the goes into gets, the violent rage yeah you know but he, you know he comes down from that mm-hmm. I mean bit. It's not, I wouldn't say it's justifiable, but yeah. it's, it's, it's understandable given the value of the watch to Okay, him. you can hear that. Yeah, I can hear that now. Yeah, now I can hear. What's happening? I don't know. Okay, no, this oh, is the Harlem Shake. Oh, Harlem Shake. Oh my God. For real? This is like four years ago. Okay, I'm actually keeping this in. Uh, the room next to us is doing a Harlem Shake. This is where that's that's going to be in. This is the year of our Lord 2018. <laughs> it's, it's 2018, and there's a Harlem Shake going on in the next room. <laughs> I think so long since the Harlem Shake, I did not recognize the music. This is where we get our first copyright strike right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the good thing is the music isn't like uh, our voices are covering the music, so they can't copyright strike us. I, I you know, copyright stuff. Is very annoying, so I had to like read up on it before releasing music because I sample a lot. But yeah, we're gonna be good in terms of copyright. Yeah, I know that's gonna be fine, but should we just move? Uh, we could. I mean, we have 20 minutes, I can cut here. All right, and Film Club Podcast. If you keep hearing Harlem Shake after my voice, you'll know that we did move, but if not, we did move. So, yeah, uh, so I will pause right now. I just said, and we're back, we didn't move. Uh, the Harlem Shake stopped. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't continue. Yeah. But uh, I think we're talking about Gold Watch. We, well, we I guess we finished it. The girlfriend that was the last thing. Fun fact: the gold, the gold watch that the, it's hanging on the kangaroo. My family has like a collection of those. Huh. The kangaroos. Yeah, because we go, we do like I do picking right. And it's like this weird eclectic item that we use to hold rubber bands on. Like he uses it to hold his watch on that little tail. We use it to hold like rubber bands and we have it like in the garage, one in our kitchen. Uh, I think one's in the bathroom. So they must be very popular in the 90s. So whenever I see one at a state tail, we pick it up. Because yeah. we always kind of like break them, so. 
All right. Using them too roughly. So, mm -hmm. question. Unrelated now, but. Question. Uh, favorite character in the movie? I mean, they all kind of suck. Ouch. They're all like. All? Yeah. yeah. Not even. Not even Jules. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say Jules, Jules is pretty. Jules is pretty. Jules is pretty good. Fine. He he comes he comes around at the end. He just know? witnessed a fucking miracle, and you're gonna write it <laughs> off as nothing. Great. That was great. Yeah. No. It, the best part about this movie is is the dialogue. For yes. Sure. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Jules Very is. Well I take that back. Jules is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's. I th this is one of the films that is truly enigmatic because you don't know when what's going to happen next when it fades to black. Usually you have a, a, an idea of what's going to happen next, a grip of, of what you can anticipate. Yeah. But this film it jumps around so much in terms of its plotting and its narrative um, that you don't know what's going to happen, which I think is really emblematic of a good script because you're constantly reorganizing the narrative as the plot gives you new pieces of information. Yeah, but it also never feels like, like unjustified together. Yeah, like yeah. unjustified random pieces. Just yeah, no, it, it, it flows pretty well. It does. I mean, that's the pulp yeah. fiction aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. These, like, discrete stories that are, like, yeah. all connected. kind of, yeah, self-contained but connected. Yeah. It's, it's almost, uh, Almost like an anthology in terms of like you have the bush part that, that like it's like almost in the middle of the film and it's separate from the first half that we just had. Yeah. But it, yeah. it pieces together later, so it's not. Mm -hmm. It's like disconnected until you see um, Vince get shot in the bathroom, mm -hmm. yeah, and then you're like, okay, now these two are connected. So. You've got yeah. a missing piece. Yeah. And it just that comes in at the end to fit in the middle, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because like yeah. the first chunk of the movie takes place a little bit before the gold watch. Yeah, like except for the opening before. scene. Yeah. Um, except for the opening scene, right. Um, and then the final bit takes place in between the two chunks. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, it, it comes back around to the opening scene. Before that, it's just the, the only two connections is, Mar is Wallace, Marcellus Wallace, who's, they both have dealings with. Yeah. But Marcellus Wallace is mostly an off-screen character. They're always referencing him. Well, He appears at the end of the bar, right? Yeah, yeah, and you do see Vince and uh, Jules in the same room as Bruce Willis's character there. In the bar, right? Yeah. So they re they're there, and later it's like, okay, now we're going to tell Bush's story. Yeah, and mm -hmm. they're there, and they're wearing really weird outfits, you know, like, yeah. well, that's you different see Santa than the Cruz. last time I saw them. Yeah. Banana slugs. Yeah. So it's, you could say it's almost like an anthology where they're not connected, but they are. It's, it's weird, because each thing is like standing on its own. You take the Bruce Willis part. And uh, you could probably, you could, the way the editing works is you'd be interesting how you could repiece this if you put Butch's story first as opposed to. I bet someone has. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's, been, it's been recut into yeah. chronologically and it's not as good. Yeah, I think it would be. It's kind of fun just seeing connecting it. Yeah, no, it, it also you know, gives you a little bit of time to breathe between each story. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I love violence. I mean, it is a violent movie. It is a Tarantino movie but as well. Just, yeah, it's just yeah. a Tarantino movie. Yeah, I didn't like the, the, the pawn shop scene. Oh, yeah. That was really uncomfortable. <laughs> Tarantino has uh, this inclination to make grotesque violence and then just go way too far at times. Um, so for Hateful Eight, 
Oh yeah. Oh. There's that one scene yeah. where he's trotting the guy through the snow, and then it just goes completely way too graphic, and it's just uncomfortable. And you could make a case saying that's part of the that's effect, but I'm just not on board. Much in like the same way with only God for yeah, no, where it's you're, gratuitous. You're and you're pretty you're pretty sensitive, Craig. I, I just don't think it's like, justified, right? Yeah, I, I, I actually have to agree, especially in this particular case. Like, it, the total shift from, like, when they black out in the pawn shop to the rest of the pawn shop scene yeah. is, like, so drastic. And I think I'm also a little bit colored by my distaste for Tarantino as a person. Yeah. But it's... I don't know. It, it seems like, excessive. It doesn't seem necessary. Yeah, but that's that's like that's the intent is yeah. the excess. It's supposed to be excessive. It's like part of the style, part of the charm. Yeah. Uh, plus, that's why like there's the you know there's that really nice music playing, and then there's the choice of weapons where Bruce Willis I like goes I was, and my, tries to you know he picks up a first like a, a baseball bat or something. No, or yeah, yeah, it's like a hammer, and, and then he picks up the bat. baseball bat. Then he grabs a tiny little chainsaw. Then he sees the, the yeah, which is uh, you know, oh yeah, there's a Tarantino extended universe supposedly. Uh, right is it oh yeah. Yeah, it's Isn't that's killed. Yeah, it's uh, Hattori Hanzo. Uh, um, so I know they have red apple cigarettes in all the films. Yeah, they do. Um, but yeah, that's that's what ties Pulp Fiction to Kill Bill's the katana, uh, or however you pronounce Vegas, that. The Vegas from Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Yeah, the Vegas from Reservoir. Dogs. were gonna. Also, there was, sort of the plot of Fox Force Five. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They were gonna make uh, the Vega Brothers. Quentin Tarantino was going to make a movie about the Vega brothers, but since they both died, it, it wasn't going to... Yeah, it's kind of hard to yeah, bring back from the dead. Yeah, but now they can't. This is way too, too far gone. Yeah, too far gone. Sad. Sad. But yeah, no, uh, I, I never minded the violence, personally, because, you know, it's... Once you just, like, understand that it's a film and violence is used as, like, a, just, you know, as... To further the narrative rather than just to, oh, look at this, I like violence. It's yeah, but that's also yeah. a little bit of Tarantino's thing. Is yeah, he really likes to put in the extreme violence. Yeah. Just, There's the aforementioned hateful hate, treading through the snow. There's the Django when he's about to basically uh, cut the balls off of Jamie Foxx's character. And then this scene, it's just the rape. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, this is too much for me. And this happens like a lot because like you, I don't know, you want to bring this up, but David, like the David Fincher girl in the dragon tattoo, mm -hmm. I think deals with the violent, the extreme violence much more uh, eloquently than say something like this. It's just, it's... That said, have you seen the Swedish version? No. It's much more violent. Which is, from, the, I haven't read the novels, the, but from, from what I've heard, it's much more true to the novels. True character. The, the Fincher one is pretty violent, mm -hmm. too. It yeah. is, like, very, very violent. But yeah, Whereas, like, like, the violence in that one, it's, like, it's part of her character. Yeah. And then, like, he has one, like, Red Sparrow, where it's, it's, I would say it's more closely to uh, Girl and Dragon Tattoo, but the violence there is so gratuitous, and I don't think it's worth it at all. Wait, it's very violent. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, Red Sparrow is extremely violent. Bad. And I'm like, this is, it's just like unnecessary. I feel, it's probably a more, it's, it could be an objective thing, right? So, 
I think depictions of violence and like sexual violence need to be handled particularly carefully, methodically, yeah. rather than just using it as like a style. Thing. And I don't trust Quentin Tarantino to handle things delicately. Yeah. I don't trust him to do that. That's well, not, some people, that's not his style some people like the excess, right? So I like the excess of like when they when they shoot when they shoot an accident in a car and the blood like. With, like ridiculously, ridiculously splatters the back of the car. That's yeah. I think that's great. Um, I don't know. Maybe it could be, it could be a personal taste. Maybe it, I'm just a I think you know, so. I mean, a conservative film critic who doesn't <laughs> like seeing graphic depictions of anything. But I don't know. That's my hot take. So. I guess. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. For me, you know, I I love the violence and only God forgives. Yeah. It makes because you you and I are both big <laughs> Reffin, Reffin fans, fans yeah. and Reffin doesn't shy from it either. <laughs> no, he does yeah. not. He does not. It's it's fine though. I never like found it to be fine. like movies. You know, they're movies. They're not supposed to be realistic. Like the violence in a lot of these films, they're not realistic. You know, like especially in Only God Forgives, where it's like a lot of blood that shouldn't be that much blood. So it it kind of takes you out of it. I like when when I see it, I don't see it as oh this looks real. I just see it as oh this kind of looks cool. It just looks cool. That's it. I think that's true of some of the violence, but not to keep lingering on the rape scene, but I mean, the rape scene does seem realistic. Like, it's not stylistically over the top. The, like, situa- like the, the circumstances of it are, but, like, the rape itself is not. And I just the, I don't see the need for the, it. The way I reconcile with it is what happens after that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, because, there, you know... Dudes, like, they're not trying to make it seem like that was a right thing to do. Yeah. So, uh, I like that he, you know, w- what was going to happen to the rapist was very, is going to be very, very painful. Yeah. So, that's why I found it to be, you know, okay, because you see what he does and then you see what's going to happen to him. Yeah, you can kind of imagine like, from, from how... The, the characters portrayed in the past of what's probably going to happen. Yeah. What's I mean, the fate of that guy? He tells you. Oh, yeah, yeah. He tells you explicitly. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, it's not like there was any sympathy towards that person. But, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, my, that's my take, personally. Uh, I, do, I do really like the scene uh, with the wolf. I think it's great. Aside from the whack Tarantino bits of it. Oh, the, yeah. The scene, especially where they're hosing them down, is very funny. It's a moment of levity in that movie. Actually, basically from when they blow his head off, which shouldn't be funny, but is, (laughs) to the end of the movie, more or less, except for the whole bit about the righteous man. It's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh, Especially when, like, uh, the wolf says, it's a 30-minute drive. I'll be there in 10. And it's like 9 minutes and 58 seconds later or something like that. The guy shows up. The wolf is very cool. Yeah. Do I think we should talk about? Uh, we've been touching on it periodically. But I think we should have a dedicated moment of the dialogue that Tarantino uses. So good. It is very well. It's always yeah. well written. I'm such a hope for good dialogue. Yeah. It's it's like um, it's so uniquely him, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really hard to replicate Tarantino dialogues. And I was texting someone last night, and like. This is like the wet dream of film students because film students always try to replicate Tarantino dialogue and they always try to replicate what he does and it's not as good. It is, you can't not, it's almost impossible to be Tarantino, right? Yeah. So it's so, 
you can't. It's just like it's just him. It's just him. It's like you try to replicate Sorkin dialogue, right? It's yeah. Sorkin. Yeah. You just can't. It's just yes. like, mm-hmm. like you can try to replicate him, but it's gonna come off as you know. And you know, like, listen, later seasons of The West Wing did try to replicate him, and they didn't do it well. Was Aaron Sorkin not on the later half of? No, he no. was there for the first four years, and both he and Tommy Schlamy left after season four, and yeah. it kept going until season nine. Seven. 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 No TV show Without longer than five or six seasons. No, yeah, always, always sunny. Always I really, sunny. I yeah, it's always sunny. Show. <laughs> yeah. I also, I think that if Sorkin had stayed, it would have been shorter, but also been better. It's not like dramas. Dramas. Yeah, no, they, they Bro, Westwood is a drama. Yeah. What do you think? That's what I'm saying. I haven't yeah. seen much from this, but it's like, good. Yeah. sketch comedy. And he likes Sorkin. No, dramas, yeah, no, I agree with you. Dramas shouldn't be longer. I, personally, I think they shouldn't be longer than three seasons. Fair enough. Three seasons are good enough. You know, That's it. Focus. That's all you need. You, you need three seasons. You can't do it in three seasons. Your story is too long. Mm-hmm. It's got to got to relax. Especially, especially yeah. if you're like, you if your episodes are 40 minutes. Movies? From The Walking Dead, and one of which is starring um, Rick Grimes. Like they're it's about all Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes. I thought they were all about him. Are they all about him? There's just one. That's I'm too like, many. You've been, yeah, telling that's too much. you've been telling his story for the whole show. What more is there to say? Just, there's what? Yeah, just didn't like they run out of stuff to say like pretty know. early on it's the in the same theme of like oh sadness uh zombies uh dealing with zombies living in this post-apocalyptic world dealing and they, they rotate through cycle of characters their arcs are all the same damn every that's single sad. one that's sad anyway uh, full fiction <laughs> yeah the dialogue is just really good in this film mm-hmm. and you can see it like it's it's and it's not just like one film, it is every film he does is so great. Like Hateful Eight, the way he constructs um, dialogues around all these characters, Inglorious yeah. Bastards. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards is that The fantastic. opening scene of Inglorious Bastards is it's so tense and it's just the dialogue in that. Yeah. Especially the the performance from Christoph Waltz too. Oh no, he does definitely deserved the Oscar. He got two Oscars, two nominations. From from both both from Tarantino movies, and that's uh, that's an achievement that only Christoph Waltz can do. But then after that, he hasn't done really anything no, not much that good. Like he was supposed to be really good in Spectre. Well, and he's playing Blofeld, right? Yeah, and, then and it's just, it was, the movie itself is it was a bad movie. He he like he was you know good, but the movie really. I thought it was fine. Makes it okay. I want to rewatch it now after seeing Marvel Goop for the last God knows how many years. It's probably Spectre is still probably better than most of these Marvel films. No, I I wouldn't say so. Like actually, Spectre, you know, wasn't that good. Plus, there was you know there was a Rogue Nation I think that year too, and that's a better Rogue Nation. Ghost Protocol. Which one was the Bradbury one? That's Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol is great. Ghost, Ghost Protocol was in uh, Abu Dhabi, wasn't it? Isn't that the one? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Honestly, yeah, no, not Abu Dhabi. Dubai. Anyone no. wants to talk about Ghost Dubai. Protocol? For the record, I'll talk about any Mission Impossible movie except for the second one. I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. It's yeah. rough. It's not a movie. I want to I see the first one only because it's Brian De Palma. First one's good. Yeah. yeah. You know, first Brian De Palma is a legend. Uh, it's a, it's Scarface a, honestly, is such a good movie. It's a really movie. solid action series. Like, it, they've made seven now? Six? Six. And most of them are pretty good movies. Four is amazing. I think they really five is amazing. Five is great. I think it really was really good. Six, 
Six is, is not perfect. Six is not perfect. It was see? a good movie. See? Yeah, see? Six is a masterpiece in action cinema. It's um, five is is good. Is, I think I think four is better than six easily. Ooh, that's the scene in the restaurant. Um, not a hot. Nah, nah. It's not a hot take. I'm sorry. It's not a hot take. The scene in the take. restaurant in Pulp Fiction, the movie that we're talking about. <laughs> um, it made us really want milkshakes, so we paused the movie and went to go get milkshakes and eat. From food. where? Um, well, okay. We were trying. We we're gonna I get them seven from. Dollars. Seven well, exactly. Seattle we were going to get them from um, Full Tilt, but they're seven dollars now, so we got. Oh wait, they're seven dollars now. Yeah, Full Tilt. That's sad. Yeah. But uh, no longer the, a five dollar shake. As we were watching, my boyfriend was saying that for the yeah. podcast, we've now watched two movies with themed restaurants that he wants to go to. This one and the one from The Evil Within with the creepy animatronics. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was a wild one. Uh, you should definitely check that out. The Evil Within. It's a, it's an it's, interesting it's movie, interesting, yeah, interesting film. But no, yeah, just like uh, every time I I watch Pulp Fiction, I want to get a burger. Yeah. Yeah. I want a burger right now. I've had nothing to eat today except for a bagel. It's burger time. Yeah, it is. You know what? I'm actually just gonna go to Rain City after this. Pizza time. No. Get out of here. It's burger time. What are you doing? <laughs> no, he's right. It's pizza time. Another Spider-Man reference. Yeah, I was referring to Spider-Man. We had, you know, actually, time. it's in Spider-Man 2 one and 2, I think. No, nah, just 2. 2, because yeah. he's, the, yeah, he's, he's delivering, delivering the pizza. He's delivering pizza, so, yeah. It's been so long since I've seen those movies. If anyone wants to bring the first Spider-Man movie on I want to bring all the Spider-Man God, movies. God, I would watch it so much. But you, you, you know, actually, we need to pre-record all of them and then just use them for, like, Summer break or winter break, and you know, I, I just all want, the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, all of them actually. Why not? Like every single one, so we can argue about whether Garfield or Toby or Holland. Holland is the best Spider-Man. Nope, nope. Toby. Yeah, I think. Toby. I think Holland. Is the Spider-Man as most as the, the, character. the character is Holland. Yeah. Absolutely, no question. The movie is uh, it's, it's have, not so good. It's so a holy trilogy. It's a holy trilogy. Because okay. I grew up. With like, I, don't get me wrong, I love them. But, what the hell is happening? It's pizza time. <laughs> it's pizza time. Uh, that's good. Um, but in terms of, like, Spider-Man, it's, it's Tom Holland. I just want to say, uh, every episode of this podcast has a Spider-Man. Really? Every single one. And this is going to continue. Until we finally satisfy our need. Yeah, until we get to Spider-Man. Yeah. It's the it's this podcast should just be called the Road to Spider Man. Road to Spider-Man. <laughs> film Club Podcast, the Road to Spider Man. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to the Film Club Podcast, the Road to Spider Man. Um, our episode about Pulp Fiction. Does anyone have any last thoughts? Uh, no, I'm I, all, all that I can say is that it's it's amazing. It's one of the best movies of all time. Oh yeah. It is quite yeah, a good movie. If you haven't seen it before and you've been bugged your whole life by people saying you need to see Pulp Fiction. You should see Pulp Fiction. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Like us on uh, Facebook, you know, follow our page and uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. Okay. Here's my pitch. My floor pitch to the listeners. Greg, why, you okay. always do one of these at the end of the podcast. What is it this time? Everyone needs to go rate this podcast and write like a good review for it, okay? We will not lie down and take it. We need these reviews, okay? How we get you know up in the feeds, okay? Yeah. Spam them. Hire some Russian bots. Actually, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do don't. that. But you know, you get the picture. <laughs> Keep your friends' accounts to write them. You know, <laughs> do anything in your power 
that's legal, hopefully. Yeah. To up this podcast. Don't say hopefully, just hey, end I, with that's legal. I'm just, yo, uh, we, we absolve ourselves we of all liability. We do not condone illegal activity to bump our podcast <laughs> up the charts. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Uh, hold on. It's been great having you. It has um, been great having yes. you. Thanks, for, <laughs> thank thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, this has been the Bump Podcast. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.